You've clicked on the Punter's Preamble. I'm Simon Dinopoulos. I'll be joined by Adam Blanco. This week, the Punter's Preamble will serve as the preview for the weekend as well. We're keeping the X Factor on ice. He's still counting the cash after last weekend. I think he had the double. She's a belter all up the alligator. He was grinning ear to ear uh, when I saw him at Eagle Farm. So we'll keep him on ice until the final group one of the season next week. Please look forward to who is the highest rated horse we're focusing on Royal Ascot. Who is it Yeah, the we'll, remaining days? We'll keep going north from Ipswich all the way into the next hemisphere and, and go to Ascot. And the highest rated horse will be, drum roll. That's quite good. Don't we have a sound effect for these things? It's gone. Suspense over. Home Affairs will be the highest rated horse, rated 126. And if that number looked flaky, it got a little boost there on, on Tuesday night with, with Nature Strip. He's run since Home Affairs, burnt out in a quirky new market, but the Coolmore win was the biggest margin in that race in modern times. Always been a good race. Then he beats, albeit opportunistically, beats Nature Strip in a, in a lightning. Um, it all seems pretty straightforward, doesn't it? I mean, Nature Strip semi-missed the start and still kicked their heads in, so, you know, similar. Semi-missed the start? Oh, on Tuesday? Yeah. I think that's being generous. Jump <laughs> Yeah, this is a. I think this is a better race, and I'm not sure he leaves me at, at similar prices to what you were taking Nature Strip on Tuesday night. Home Affairs leaves me colder. Oh yeah. Why does he leave me colder? I guess the difference with Nature Strip, his body of work at the top end, he had a lot more data points there, and his grand final record was unreal. Feels like a good explanation straight off the bat. Nice and succinct. <laughs> Whereas with Home Affairs, the Coolmore and Lightning look very good, but then... It's always hard when the last run's a bit scuzzy and then they go overseas off it. I think that's why probably... It is so easy to excuse that new market though. He went way too fast, way too fast in the early stages there and that stand side was clearly at a disadvantage to the far side because of pace, I think. They did far too much too soon and, and just paid for it when they had to... You know, basically, they, they made a meal of it on the stand side whereas they got it right pace-wise over on the far side and, and so you ended up with a, a funky result there and, and yeah, I, I just find Home Affairs so easy to, to forgive for that and his two wins before that are probably good enough to win. So talk to me about the opposition. Does he actually have to beat much? I think it's a be- it is a better race than what Nature Strip faced the other day on the, on the Tuesday there. Creative Force was poor just reading down through the from the top amongst the, the key chances. A case of you was Good in Dubai and, and, you know, is established as a, a better horse than, say, the ones that filled the placings behind Nature Strip. Creative Force won the champion sprint here back in October. Poor, poor in Dubai, but a good stable, pressing on. I don't, you know, he's clearly better than that. One of those, you know, if you're going to be bad, be bad enough that it isn't true. Too bad to be true, easy enough to forgive. Minzal's got some talent. The one that Campanelle won at this meeting last year. So there's a, it's the, the Wesley and, and Ortiz combination again, looking to, to try and right some wrongs. So there is, there's more opposition. And the one that interests me most is a, a mare called, a five-year-old mare called Highfield Princess, who had nothing like the form to be winning a race like this until last start at York. She went to the, the Duke of York and ran. All those lead-ups to the, the King Stand, the Temple and the Palace House were ordinary. They were ordinary-looking pieces of form. Didn't like them at all. She won the, the Duke of York at, at York, which is a, a traditionally a, a better race and has a good correlation with this race and with you know winners and even horses coming through. They're running well here. 
and she ran time, proper time. The the nervous thing would be that that was sort of, I don't want to say out of nowhere because she's shown glimpses, but she hadn't done that before. That was something new. Um, but the time figure was clearly over 120 at York. Um, so you that's double, a, You double-checked? Yeah, I've double-checked. So, um, I mean, 23 pounds faster than a good competitive handicap at the same distance before that. So it's sort of... Very, what the hell was that? Yeah, very like for like, very, you know, fair bit of certainty around that figure. So just looking at things like that, those little t- bit, you know, bits and pieces around the place and big time figures and things, they just weren't there on Tuesday in the King's Stand, whereas there's some bits and pieces here. So there's there's alternatives. There's other places to, to go away from the, the big Australian and, of course, Home Affairs doesn't arrive off running 130 in a TJ, whereas Nature Strip did. Mm. The early market now has him inside two to one Home Affairs. Which to me is... It's very easy to pass on, isn't it? Yeah. Like Nature Strip, I mean, what a legend he is. He's won so many grand finals now and he's all been decent prices in all of them and going to go down as one of our best sprinters of all time. And he's been backable all the way through. Last chance we get to see Home Affairs, I think I'll be letting it through to the keeper. What are you doing with your Palatorius? Yeah, good miler. He, I'm not that interested in him, to be honest. I, I think... Less of him, I think, than most people, particularly at sprint trips, because I think he's a miler. I think his best run have come in in really high-pressure races. He'll get that. I get why they – big field, high-pressure, stiff finish. I get where they see that coming. I, then they book Jamie Spencer. The problem isn't riding him quieter, guys. <laughs> his problem is that, you know, he's um he's been left out of his ground. I mean, he's settled in front of – I think in his last five starts, he's settled in front of three horses. That's and he's raced fields of thirteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. So, <laughs> I mean, that's a they're setting him some Herculean tasks, and he left the good side to chase the bad side in the new market. <laughs> wow, I mean, his run there was was terrific, and I, as I said, I sort of get it. I, I don't get why they they think that Jamie Spencer is some secret weapon because he feels like it feels to me like they're doubling down on his weakness. I think he's supposed to go the other way, guys. <laughs> I've got to stand up for the frog on his ride in the new market. Because he would have got crucified. Like, you're not going to chase the 100 to 1 shot. Much easier in hindsight from the couch, yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Here's the thing. I reckon he, if Home Affairs doesn't win, I think Atorius is more likely to place than Home Affairs. Like, I think Home Affairs is either going to win or he's going to bomb. Uh, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you know, that's, I don't, I hadn't really thought about it, but I doesn't sound stupid to me. I get what you're saying. He'll run well, won't he? Do any do any bookies have a market to run fourth? I reckon he's a moral to run fourth, Atorius. <laughs> like he'll be the big flashing light. About time they started pricing some of these things up. No, I, I can I can see that. I mean, horses in the back half of the field in, in sprints at Ascot still have a terrible record. And I think they've got it in their head that this is, you know, a back marker's paradise. I mean, the, the stats just don't back that up. It just isn't. You know, I, there's a... On occasion, there have been pace burn-ups and those horses have, have fallen apart at the finish and, and you know, someone can sweep through and pick up the pieces. But it it's almost as rare there as it is everywhere else. It's not... I mean, is there any track that is a swoopers paradise? Not the silver bullet for him, I don't think. But he, as you say, he'll run well. Mm. He'll run well. He'll stay out of the heat early and he'll... Um, well, that's the beauty of going back. He's going to bludge. He's not going to get served up to. I mean, hopefully he keeps up early, which he has struggled to do. But... He's just going to bludge, bludge, bludge. Jamie Spencer's just going to ride him cold and then he'll probably hit the line. Mm. 
He was. I mean, he was terrific after making a hash of that start in a in a Caulfield Guineas. That's a it's a terrific run for for this Caulfield Guineas. That have a good correlation with this as well, off the top of my head. Mm. Schwarzies and your Star Spangled Banners and Co. It's like maybe that's the maybe this maybe maybe I'm misreading it. Although I'll um quickly point out that Star Spangled Banner and, and Schwarzier were they um benefited from getting back behind sixteen runners down the Ascot Strait or no 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 they were up on speed. Yeah. <laughs> also up on speed in the guineas. Yeah. And where was Nature Trip on Tuesday? Right at the back. This no. idea that it's a stiff finish, therefore you want to get back and you want to book the jockey that's gonna be ice cold on him. I don't get it. But he's a good horse, and I, you know, I'd love to see him run well. In fact, I'd, I, I'd get a good cackle out of him winning it. Actually, the other thing, so he's, um, he got past Home Affairs in that new market, but I think that was pace related, and he looked good behind Home Affairs in the Coolmore. But again, I think that was pace related. Home Affairs had blasted off in that Coolmore, um, and there was Artorias picking up basically horses that were falling in a hole, having tried to chase Home Affairs. So I think he, the visuals were were hugely flattering for mine in that Coolmore. Um, and Home Affairs was clearly the better sprinter then. Uh, he backed it up in a lightning, and I think the new market is not to be taken literally. So all of that says that Home Affairs is clearly the pick of the two. He's clearly good enough to win this, but there is a bit bit more to be done than what was what was put in front of Nature Strip anyway. More to be done, and he's not the same horse. So that's we're probably being served up a similar price, or even you know groundswell of support on the back of Nature's Tribune, you know, you might even be asked to take shorter, which does nothing for me. High field princess. Mm. Very scuzzy. 12 to 1. Yeah, very scuzzy, very unlikable, but that time figure last start is very interesting. Jumps off the page. I'm looking forward to the Stallion commercial for Atorius, quoting Adam Blanco. He's a miler, but he was so good, he was still able to win the Platinum Jubilee. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's actually not a bad. They can use that. They can take that. The Bizarro, we're going to focus solely on Royal Ascot, comes up tonight in the Gold Cup. Yeah, Bizarro tonight in the Gold Cup. And it's Kiprios who is running for Aidan O'Brien and comes up very short in what is far and away his stiffest test. He won by 14 links officially. I've seen some people in the UK suggesting, or I saw an article suggesting that that was um, questioning the, the Irish judge. 14 links is a nonsense. Wasn't that far? Didn't win by 14. Apparently not. Do they still measure using fingers? I don't know. He won by about two seconds. It probably isn't 14 lengths, actually two seconds. They were probably going five and a half. Probably was 11 lengths. Put that in your books. He's run, I've got him running 119, 120 this time in, which is basically what Stradivarius is running. I've got Stradivarius's last, pretty much since this day, running 118, running fourth in this last year. I've got him 118, 121, 120, 118, 119, 119. He's slowed a little bit, Stradivarius, but he hasn't lost his um, hasn't lost his will or his consistency. He's been terrific, and as you know, I've been a Stradivarius denier for for some time now. Some you know, successfully, actually, more successfully in recent times than I was in my <laughs> early doors. Early doors with my Stradivarius denying. That's took a while. You had to be brave and you had to you had to stick at it, but it's come good, and I've gotten beaten a few times. He doesn't really interest me tonight either, I must say. I'll, I'll stand and applaud him if he can win a fourth Gold Cup with a gap in between. But I think he's consistently slower now than he was and he'll need Kiprios not to improve. I'm surprised Kiprios comes up as short as he does though because this is way, way tougher. And the interesting horse and the only horse I could probably back in the race is Trushan who's still in at the time of recording. 
despite good to firm ground, with the stable having pretty much said that they would never run him on anything that wasn't soft, he's still there and they've been running first two days, good to firm ground times, fast times. So that's the query. But I I suppose the fact they've accepted, the fact that he's there, I mean, it was never going to rain. So they must be out to run. And I think it's a good idea because I don't think it's conclusive at all that he doesn't like good ground. He's two for three. on his. He's only had three goes at it. He's won two of them, ran 116 in two of them. And they decided that he should never run on good ground. I don't know. I mean, that's an interesting decision, isn't it? It must be post-race. He must not yeah, come through it well. Perhaps. Or maybe it's just because on soft ground he's been so, so good. Mm. And he is measurably better than Stradivarius now. So I, I think it's worth the bet. If there's a bet in this race, that it must be true, Shan, because it's, it's a bet against the, the ground, which I think is very much inconclusive, and he's the best stayer there. Maybe that's why he's in the race. As you touched on, Stradivarius, still good, but not what he was. Very beatable, and I mean, Trushan's done a whole lot of beating of him. And then you've got Kiprios, who is the unknown in the sense that he's the up-and-comer, but you do know some things. It's what he isn't. He's not there yet. Mm. He is a um, Galileo from one of the most regal families in Ireland for Aidan O'Brien. I mean, there's... <laughs> I, I don't think he deserves to be as short as he is on form. I couldn't possibly back him. I do sort of get what's going on. <laughs> I mean, I've been a Stradivarius denier. I've also been someone who's spent some time backing bits and pieces to knock off Aidan O'Brien, Ryan Moore and Galileo over the years, and it's hard work to get them back. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you look at it the other way. We've already touched on Stradivarius not being what he was, and then if there is a thought that Trushan doesn't go mm. as well on good to firm, all of a sudden it's very easy to find Kiprios. Yeah. So, so we, it's an interesting race. Did we say this was our bizarro? It's starting to look like it makes complete sense. <laughs> Yeah, the other one to, to note is Princess Zoe. There's a actually Takashan who runs ties a lot of this form in. Princess Zoe was a little bit like Trushan in that she was um, a wet tracker just because she'd been so good on wet tracks as opposed to not performing on, on good tracks. They ran her on good to firm ground at this track at Ascot in the main lead up, the local lead up anyway. And she won a it was a busy finish, but the time was was fast. So it was genuinely fast ground and she was um Terrific race. She ran second in this race last year on good to firm ground. So she's a she's fine on, on fast ground and has proven it now. And her second in the race last year, which would be awful close to winning it this year, I would imagine, um, came off the back of two ratings in the 90s. So she sort of came off no form in her lead-ups. This time she's she's coming off a 117. So she's if she's not going better, she's going at least as well and, and she's about good enough as well. So maybe, having said Trushan's the only one I'd back, maybe it's... Trushan and Princess Zoe are interesting enough. Funnily enough, I've never in my life backed Princess Zoe or given her any hope in any race she's been in. She's won plenty of races. I've been wrong, but never been one of mine. But I, I look at her there and I think, wow, I think this is all much more competitive than this new pretty flashy get. You know, Aiden O'Brien thing is just going to leapfrog the lot of you. The Dunno comes up tomorrow night, one twenty a.m. The Coronation Stakes. Really good race, even with Dermot World not lying and not running homeless songs. You've got the French Guineas winner, got the Thousand Guineas winner there, and then you've got the unbeaten in Spiral, who is the Dunno. What do you do? Yeah, she's very awkward. It's so funny that homeless songs isn't running here. I heard someone suggesting, I don't know where, it's, 
these late nights. I can't remember where I hear or read these things anymore. So someone saying like it was a someone for a distant relative that Dermot trained ten years ago brought it to Ascot and it got a bit jarry. So homeless songs won't run. Like, wow, that's um okay. <laughs> Your mum's mum didn't like it. Yeah. But we're left with Inspiral. Inspiral or Inspiral? Inspiral. Inspiral. We're left with as the and she is a dunno. Her win in the Phillies Mile was dominant and she she won the um, lead up at Doncaster in even better style and she beat Prosperous Voyage and Cachet who then quinelled the Thousand Guineas. So that all looks, I mean, she didn't make the Thousand Guineas, which has been very John Gosden. His Thousand Guineas record is terrible with the ones that he's actually got there, let alone you know the ones that haven't made it there. Um, so it's very him to, to be a little bit behind with with her or with one like her. Um, but she sort of won the Thousand Guineas you know, in the by, paddock by proxy, yeah, with the the two fillies that she'd absolutely thrashed at the same course, coming out and running one two there, Cachet led all the way, went nice and quickly, really ran them along, kept going and ran okay time. Oh, mm, that's never good. And then she went to France. They rode her a lot steadier in France because it's France. <laughs> so went in Rome or Paris. <laughs> <laughs> so ridden French. Uh, they went steady there, and she got. I think, put in her place by Mangustine, who comes across to race her again. And I think absolutely fair and square. Mangustine was 10 to 1 there, so double the odds of, of Cachet in, in France, but I think put her away fair and square. Mangustine is owned by Tony Parker uh. for the NBA fans out there. There you go. Just to translate what Adam means by ridden French. So <laughs> for, oh, the, for those that don't follow French racing, they walk in all their races. It's brutal to try and handicap or even have any grasp on the form because it's just all last 600. So that's what he meant if you don't follow French racing. Mm. And Manguistine, not all races, but quite a lot. And Manguistine, I should say they didn't crawl in the derby the other day and my goodness was the winner impressive. While we're on this, so we've got the Japanese derby winner, we've got the derby winner and the French derby winner. I feel like you've chopped and changed. Who is your top seed now? I must say the one that's keeping me up nights is is the French Derby winner. That one gives me all the feels. Yep. Yeah, that's a that's a nice horse. Uh, and I'm taking the French very seriously in the coronation too. She she, she ran uh, this was a late burn up and she ran thirty three and a half home to Cachet's thirty four. I think it was fair and square, put her in her place and must have a great chance if Inspiral or Inspiral is not on again. The other one is um because that thousand guineas to me at Newmarket was so um as I said, strong pace. They really ran along and nothing could pick up the leader anyway with every chance to do so. And the time was, yeah, it was all right. But it wasn't um, It wasn't super. Tenebrism ran there for Aidan O'Brien, was 11-4, top of the market, did nothing. Never got into a spot to, to challenge. But I reckon quite a few of his horses were a bit like that. And about two weeks later, they were winning everything. And that's very... Uh, the pace in France was very French, and this is very Aiden. I think he he needed to sort of knock the knock the rust off them a little bit. And it's interesting to me that she goes here, Tenebrism. You know what Tenebrism is? You going to tell me? She's by Caravaggio, and that is the you know that dark Gothic style of painting uh. that Caravaggio was so famous for. And her mum actually won this race too. There's all sorts of little tie-ins here, but I think ten- it's interesting to me that she goes here, Tenebrism, instead of going back to sprinting because she was um a dynamic winner at just a second start of the middle park. 
So it must have been tempting to go back to the, the Commonwealth Cup, which looks a weak, weak edition of the Commonwealth Cup to my eye. Um, but she goes here and mm, she's interesting. She, <laughs> she fits the same. Oh, I'm really interested in her because she ran so poorly last time. Mm. That makes sense, doesn't it? Question without notice. What is Gosden's record with three-year-olds first up in group ones? <laughs> without any notice? Mm. Off the top of my head, he's... Uh, <laughs> Look this up beforehand. He's uh, in Guineas, none from eight, hasn't had a place getter taking horses to the Guineas first up. I think that's reasonably well known. That's why I say it's a bit, nor- it's almost normal that Inspiral misses all that and ends up here. That makes no sense. I know. It's just not, well, that's just not him, but he's one, according to us, and this is using a, you know an Australian filter for what is first up, um, he's one from 20 in Group 1's first up, which was Mass Marvel winning the St. Ledger off two months. So it's not really first up. Mm. He'd won a Ledger trial. They just had a nice gap between runs, which is, you know, and it was in the back half of the season. So, shout out to Nathaniel. The great Nathaniel, who ran to the best part of 130. Ran fifth. Ran fifth. So, <laughs> he, can, he can produce one fresh. <laughs> yeah, but none for, yeah, that's that interesting stat there with those first uppers. That's this century. Those first uppers in, in guineas, which is essentially this has become Inspiral's guineas. Mm. Hasn't run a place in, in eight. And there's been some ni- plenty of nice horses there so they can take a run but i suppose he's had the extra month and a half two months which is why she fits the dunno category what do you make of her because the form is the form's there for all to see i suppose the fact that the form is there for all to see is you know makes it fairly unappealing as a, as a betting prospect because what's the market missed what are you betting on now an actual question without notice can you steer us into a winner over the remaining days or have you had any early bets no, I'll try. Hang on. That is without notice, but I can do this because I've flicked through a little bit. I must say one of the disappointing things for tonight is that the Ribblesdale and the Hampton Court, which are two of my favourite races, have come up so thin. So thin. I might get an early night. Uh, I'll give you two. One at short odds, one at big odds. So the first race tonight, always good to get one off in the first. The speed figure horse, the best speed figure horse, has won all three two-year-old races so far at the carnival. God bless them. Yeah. And the best one tonight, it's becoming very trendy, so the price is uh, dissipating quickly. But in the Norfolk, which is the, the first tonight, Wallbank ran in easily the, the fastest two-year-old race of the season so far. And it was at Ascot behind a horse called Noble Style, who unfortunately didn't make it to Ascot but was going to be the the boom horse in the Coventry on the first day for, for Charlie and Will Buick. But... Yeah, didn't make it, unfortunately. But he um he ran second in that race. That form has worked out really well, including a Coventry third or fourth. And then went and won by a lazy seven at York and ran good time. That's the best performed horse in that race. The rest of them look... Aidens gets pushed up as the, the sort of head-to-head at the front of the market, the Antarctic, but hasn't done anything more than... The top two who were debut winners and, and both very solid without looking good enough to say, oh, you'll run in a Norfolk, not good enough to say you should be top of the market or winning it. But I think exactly the same about Aiden. So I think they fit in all about the same. And and Pillow Talk won the Marygate at York and ducked her stablemate who won so impressively, dramatised, won the first last night really well. She's a good filly, that one. Mm, so right. Pillow, Pillow Talk is a stablemate, runs in the colt seat to get out of her way, which probably a smart decision. Fair lead. From Carl Burton. Yeah, knows what he's doing. Very shrewd yard, actually. 
So I would make Pillow Talk the, the bigger danger than Aiden's to, to Wallbank, but Wallbank is the um, the time nerds all over. If there's a <laughs> find your nearest stopwatch punter, they'll all uh, they'll give you the little eyebrows about Wallbank, I would say. And one at bigger odds, aforementioned terrible looking Commonwealth Cup. I think all the horses basically at the front of the market there look like horses that would usually fall into a place in a Commonwealth Cup as opposed to a there's no um there's no Caravaggio beating Harry Angel and Blue Point. Yeah, this is we're a ways down. And that's why I want to look a little bit elsewhere. And there's a twenty five to one about a filly called Sacred Bridge from Ireland, who was actually um she was favourite in the middle park group one last time she was in the UK. She ran first up in a Guineas trial over in Ireland behind Homeless Songs. Got blown off the park there. Well, I say blown off the park a couple of lengths, but Smashed. Yeah, I think it was smashed, but the time was awesome. We spoke about that race at the time. That was a hot, hot race, I guess, decision made. We can't beat you in the guineas and, and a mile might be beyond her. So she goes back to sprinting. She wins well, well enough without, you know, she's 25 to 1 here. So she didn't win well enough the other day to be top of the market here. But she has been top of the market in Group 1. As I said, I don't think this is a hugely difficult um, race to win. She was one of only two on speed there. She stuck on pretty well. The other filly that was on speed was a filly of Joseph's that's won a group race in France since and run a huge time figure before winning that race in France. So there's some meat on the bones of that form. And, yeah, I think 25 to 1 in a race that is potentially not going to take that much winning is a, a pretty appealing bet. I feel like Joe Lyons is one of those, um, if you want to tip this around to your mates, you sound like a shrewdy tipping him when he's, oh, he's coming across from Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> I think his record is much, much worse than but every time he brings one it's like, oh, you know, he's, oh, he's not here for the not here for the weather. And so, when does it go around? I think it's race three tomorrow night. Friday night. It's a Friday night job. Yeah. Before the coronation. That's a shout out to Donnie who's sitting at home listening to this. Get your pen out, Donnie. Tomorrow night, race three. Playing at home, I'll give one tip for Sydney. I'm pretty keen on this. Hence why I want to give the tip. Yeah, going out of your way to tip one. Race four, Naval Seal, out of first seal, $1.8 million yearling. Only seen wet tracks. This is, I found the form really challenging last week and again this week because you've got horses who have built their form on wet tracks and we're actually on a good track at Rose Hill on the weekend, so really, really hard to assess. I'm taking a leap of faith that this horse will be better on top of the ground, but being out of first seal, I'll be surprised if he's not. And he showed last start getting onto a soft track at Caulfield over the mile. He was good late there. Wasn't beaten far, just a length off. That figure has him the clear top pick for us. In race four at Rose Hill, Pike goes on from an inside draw. Expecting to be able to posse up in a good position. And I think he deserves to be favourite. Four to one, five dollars. Is around about his chances, which looks a great bet at Rose Hill on Saturday. So Naval Seal would be the best bet of the day for me there on the weekend. Good luck to everyone having a bet across the next three, four days. It's another marathon. And we will do a full review on Monday, recapping everything from Royal Ascot. No doubt Adam's all up and about by E, the top rated to this point. Won't get knocked off. Yeah, he won the speed figure off. It didn't look like it. The, no. The Believe Your Eyes boys wouldn't... Um, Tradesman-like. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have it, but um, he did outrun Nature Strip on the clock. And a clear new peak for Nature Strip, according to the UK pundits. Yeah. <laughs> no comment. 